Good morning, Midland Free. I've received several messages this morning that today is a big day, and uh, for teams that win, what ends up happening is the guy wearing the headset gets drenched with Gatorade. So I am prepared. <laughs> you know, I was warned about five or six different times, so I don't know what's going to happen today, but I'm ready come what may. Thank you, Lord. We are on the winning team. Amen? All right. My name is Jeremy. I'm the pastor, the one of the pastors here at Midland Free, the preaching pastor. Um, if you are new, if, and I mean like really new, if this is your first Sunday... We are so glad you're here. It's awesome that you took the step and the initiative and the courage to come to a church, someplace you're unfamiliar with, and we welcome you here. What we're doing is, at this time, we're working through what we call a topical series, which means just a bunch of different topics. We're not working through a specific uh, text or agenda right now, but a bunch of different topics. And what you'll notice is if you look around, there's a bunch of banners underneath our flags over here. And each one of those beautiful banners has printed upon them one of the topics that we're talking about for eight weeks. These are what we feel the Bible teaches are the key characteristics of what it means to be a disciple or someone who follows after and learns from Jesus Christ. So we're going through those things because they're important to us and we'd welcome you in alongside of us in that journey. Also, if you happen to be here for the uh, 5,148th time, I'd like to welcome you as well, not only uh, new attenders but also long and faithful members. That is awesome. Way to go. That also means, by the way, that you're 96, so that's really cool too. But we welcome you here, first time, 5,000th time, whatever. We are very, very glad that you're here. Those of you who were here a few weeks ago know that I wasn't standing, and now I am. And yeah, all right. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. It's amazing after an injury how happy you get when you can walk again. You know, like, wow, this is awesome. You know, and there are definitely a few lessons I took away from that experience. And I'd like to share a few of them with you this morning. Um, one of which is this. is When I was going around the rink before I fell, the roller skating rink, uh, one thing I noticed is, of course, and I'm sure you do right away, is all the various levels of skating. You know, there's, there's the person who's like zoom, 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 and skating backwards and left and right, and then there's the person who's just falling all over the place, tripping on themselves, and everything in between. Well... One of the little kids there was this tripping over himself sort of scenario. He, w- he was older than some of the others. He hadn't been skating a whole lot before. And you could tell that he was just really struggling. I mean, he'd fall frontwards and he'd fall backwards and he'd fall sideways. And he was trying to run as hard as he could and on roller skates. You know, that just wasn't working. And as hard as he pumped his legs, he was still going down. And I was watching this whole scene and I'm not the greatest. I'm kind of like towards the beginner scale i'm okay but anyways i'm skating around but i don't really know how to tell him this is how you do it like i can kind of do it because i kind of feel it and figure it out but i don't really know how to break down the steps 
and say, okay, now try this and try this and try that. But as I was watching this scene progress, what I noticed is one of these people who are like awesome at skating, they came up alongside of him and they slowed down and just like four or five words and they're like, hey, buddy, try this. It's like you're sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden he went from like flopping like this to like, whoa, like I'm rolling forward in my hips and balance and weight are aligned and I'm not falling left or right and it's working. This is great, you know. And what that showed me is this. It's a really neat and interesting experience when someone who is experienced and knowledgeable in a certain subject comes alongside of someone else and then all of a sudden a light from the outside shines in and it's like, boom, ah, there it is. We get it now. It makes sense. But in order for that to happen, you know, it wasn't going to be like just some random thing. Someone had to come alongside him and there had to be divine light from the outside. Guess what? This is the way it works when you're supposed to share your faith or your belief in Jesus with somebody else. There's two things that need to happen. Number one, you've got to come alongside someone And number two, divine light has to come in from the outside. And when both of those things come together, all of a sudden it works, it clicks, and it makes sense. Today we're looking at the characteristic entitled, Share the Gospel with Unbelievers, or people who haven't committed themselves to Jesus Christ. And what it defines itself as is making the most of every opportunity to evangelize and lead others to do the same. In other words, the way I might summarize it to you is like this. is divine light, if you're taking notes, here you go. Here's the theme for today. Divine light and personal rapport open the door. Alright? Divine light and personal rapport open the door. How to share the gospel with unbelievers and make the most of every opportunity. Fortunately for you, it's not up to Pastor Jeremy to tell you how to do this. Instead, I've got a pretty clear set of instructions this morning. They come from Colossians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, they are in them in chapter 4, in verses 2 through 6. If you don't, there's Bibles at the back. And if you've never had a Bible before, why don't you just keep it and take it home today and consider it our gift. We're glad you're here. And if we run out, we'll buy more Bibles and be glad you came. So blue Bibles in the back if you don't have one. Uh, If you do, feel free to follow along. And the words are also going to be up on the screen. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. These are the instructions. And what I'm going to do today is actually in the most simple way... I think it's one slide uh, before this, perhaps. I want to show you one more. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's in there somewhere. Um, Basically, I want to show you the most basic structure of this text today. There it is. And it is two points, and it's this. We got instructions, and we have an example. So kind of like if you're trying to build something, and you're mean, you don't have any idea how to do it at all. What you're going to do is pull out the instruction manual. You're going to be like, ah, I don't know. Then you're going to Google it and YouTube and see some guy do it. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's what we're going to do this morning. 
I'm going to give you instructions, and you still may be like, I don't know. But then I'm going to Google it, YouTube it, and show you a picture of some guy by the name of Philip doing it. So instructions is number one. This is our basic structure for today. Number two is an example, and that's going to come from Acts chapter 8. So instructions, how to, how do we share the gospel with people who have never, ever heard or understood before, or anyone for that matter? How do we do this? Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 are going to tell us that. And let me read that for you, and then I'll break it down in the um, out, more of an outline form, and we'll walk through it. So Colossians chapter 4 verses 2 through 6. It says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of whom, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best of the time, and let your speech always be seasoned, gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Now, let me show you how that breaks down this morning. And uh, for those of you who are grammar geeks, you're going to like this. And for those of you who aren't, you're going to like it too. <laughs> Hang with me, I promise. It's cool. We're, we're going somewhere. Don't worry about it. This is how it works. Is basically what I did is there are two imperatives or two commands in this text. There are two things that the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Spirit and the power of God, says, you do this. Imperatives. Then modifying those imperatives are what we call participles or things that tell you how to do it. Okay. So what I did today is I said, well, that works for me. I'll just make two imperatives, my two points, and then the participles, my subpoints. So I think it's pretty cool because basically I'm following the exact outline of Scripture. So I can say to you, not I, but the Lord. This is what the Bible says. So here's how it works. Colossians chapter 4, the two imperatives are these. Number one, persist, and number two, walk. Those are your two imperatives. These are the commands that the Apostle, via the Holy Spirit, gives you. Persist and walk. Now, looking at the first one, persist, it is persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. Here's the outline. If you're taking notes, you'll see it up on this slide. The the command is underlined in green. It's persist in prayer. And then the participles are praying and watching. This is how you persist in prayer. The Apostle spells it out. Praying for divine light. And then this is what divine light does. It illuminates the word and reveals the mystery. And then here's the other participle. Watching for opportunities. So how do you pray? By praying for divine light and watching for opportunities. Now let's look at that in this this text. First thing it says, the command is to continue steadfastly in prayer. In other words, keep going, don't quit. (laughs) Prayer is not, dear Lord, thank you for this day. God bless this food. Amen. I'm done. There, I did it. (laughs) You know, it's God, good morning. 
God, good mid-morning. God, good midday. God, good afternoon. And all the way through, you pray without ceasing. You continue, you continue, you continue. You never stop, and you keep going. It's an ongoing conversation, existential sort of experience, interacting with God on a daily basis. You walk with Him. You go with Him wherever you go. You get out, thanks for the parking spot, Lord. Wow, I wonder who's going to meet me on the way in. Hey, there's so-and-so. I think I know them. Wow, that lady looks down. Maybe I should pray for her. Walk, 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 walk. Persist, 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 persist. Prayer, 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 prayer. Don't stop. Don't leave it at home. Don't forget it in your pocket. Pray. Keep going. Walk. Every day, pray, 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 pray. You're just praying. (laughs) doesn't say prayed. It's praying. Consistently. Persist. Keep going. I can keep going all morning if you want. Pray. (laughs) All right? You got it? Pray. Consistently. Pray. So persist in prayer. Praying for divine light. Now, it gives us two specific things to ask for. We talk about divine light. You're like, what is that? Well, it's like the roller skating thing, right? It's information that comes from the outside that we didn't have before. And basically, Scripture makes it very clear to us that no one understands it or gets it unless that happens. There has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this in John chapter 6, verses 43 through 44. You could potentially see it up on the screen if I sent the slide to Sally. Yes? Okay, good. Jesus answered and said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise him up on the last day. You just don't get to God accidentally or by yourself. He takes you to Himself. We are dead in our sins. And the only way to go to Him is if the Spirit draws you. So if you want to see somebody come to faith, there's a good place to start. Ask the Spirit to draw them. So you pray for divine light. Now, what's interesting to me is oftentimes today, and and out of good nature and because we do have some examples, What some people will tell you when you're like, okay, so how do I share my faith with an unbeliever? A lot of times they say, well, just start with your story. You know, it's a simple way to do it. Just tell them, you know, what you were like before Christ, and then there was Christ, and now what you're like now. Try that. And that's a good way. You know, that can be effective. But here's the thing about that, okay? Here's the issue. If you start with your story, then who are you starting with? Me. (laughs) You know? And not only that, but if you start with your story, what is it? It's a totally subjective personal experience. Guess what? All the other faiths have those too. Here's what I was like before I became a Buddhist. Here's what I'm like now. I'm so much better. Look how my life has changed. Buddha did this for me. Here's what I was like before... I became a Muslim. I used to drink like crazy, and now that I'm Islamic, I don't drink at all. Don't touch the stuff. My life is so much better. Much more peaceful. Personal subjective story. It's great, but ultimately, a personal subjective story is not the foundation for objective truth. Reality is defined by Scripture, not by us. And so anytime you want to start at the very beginning, you start with the basics, you start with the Word. 
You start with the Bible. That is the best thing you have. Your story is good, and it may be helpful, but the best is Scripture. Verse 3, Paul says, At the same time, pray also that God may what? Let me tell my story? He's got a pretty cool story. No. Not even the apostles starts with that. It says that God may open the door for what? The Word. The Logos. This is what we have been called to declare. The Word of God. That's something special. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. That's what we're called to share. Not just me. Who cares? Let's talk about somebody else. Let us declare the Word. The mystery of Christ. So what we ask for then is the opportunity, just like Paul did, that God may open the door for the Word. God, give them the Word. Give them the Bible. Give them the real truth that will define everything else. Let them check their experience against this and see how it lines up. God, give them the Word. Here is the prayer. Pray for the Word. And pray that God will reveal the mystery. Now, this mystery thing, I'm going to show you a little bit later in our example. It's pretty cool. But for now, start with a word and then pray for the mystery as well. Then, the second part of simple, watching for opportunities. says, um, you know, God may open the door. Uh, we talk about the open door a lot. You know, Lord, I'm applying for this job. Will you please open the door? You follow your life group questions tonight and it will explore that a little more deeply. But when you look at this text, when you look at the rest of Scripture, the open door refers to what? My personal advancement? Nope. (laughs) The Gospel. When you ask for the open door here, what you should be asking for is the ability to declare the Gospel. And this is the opportunities that we are supposed to be watchful for. We are to be opportunistic in this. In other words, we're, you know... If, if you're going to Walmart, I'm just making this up right now, and you're like, oh, good, there's a deal. Buy two, get one free. Yes, I'll do it. Okay, you're excited. Here's an opportunity. I just got something for free. But in reality, what you should be is like going into Walmart, and you see someone who's you know, crying or struggling with their kids, and you're like, oh, thank you, God. Here's an opportunity. I can pray for them. Here's an opportunity to pray. Can you imagine getting excited about an opportunity to pray? Oh, yes! Yes! I got a chance to pray. Come on over here. Dude, let me show you. You'll never believe it. I got a chance to pray. Come on! It's going to be great. We get to pray. Opportunistic. Watchful. Looking for something exciting. A chance that God may open the door to pray. Come on over, man. I got to show you this. It's so cool. Let's pray. Check it out. I have an opportunity. I get to pray with somebody. That's different. So, persist. Command number one, persist. Persist in prayer, praying for divine light to illuminate the word and reveal the mystery, watching for opportunities. That's Colossians chapter 2. Now, or chapter 4. Now, the next thing it says is this, is walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Uh, The two ways I summarized this was by seize the day and seasoning your conversations or seasoning with salt. Seize the day 
and seasoning your conversations. Verse 5 says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Here is uh, the first point, making the best use of time. In other words, seizing the day. The Greek word here is redeem the time, and redeem means to buy back. And the reason for this is because God describes the world as enslaved to sin. And that, I think, means not only you and me, but also even our time. Like, man, we've got to steal it back from the devil. This is going to be a rough day, and he's going to take every moment he can, but I don't want that time given to him. I want it for God. And so I've got to snag it back. You know, seize the day really means seize it, like grab it back. Take it from him. He's had enough time. Now it's God's. Now it's yours. Steal it back. Seize the day. Buy it back. We say it sometimes in English like carve out time. And we really mean that. Like you've got to take a knife and just be like, <laughs> no, you don't get this. This is God's time. This is my time. This is family time. Whatever. Carve it. Use a knife. Cut it out. It's hard, especially in our world. All kinds of requirements, expectations, pressures, people, relationships, blah, blah, blah. And you've got to take that knife and just carve it out. You've got to redeem the time. It's here and it's gone. And then we're done, right? Carve it out. Seize the day. Seize the day. Number two, you've got to season it with salt. Season it with salt. Now, salt does a lot of things, and you'll talk about this in your life group tonight, so I'm not going to elaborate that. But season it with salt so that you may know how to answer each person. So, how? Here are the instructions. How do we share the gospel and make the most of every opportunity? This is how. You persist in prayer and walk in wisdom. You pray for divine light. You start with the Word, and then you seize the opportunities, carving out the time, and taking advantage of every occasion or every conversation. In other words, divine light and personal rapport open the door. Coming alongside of someone, just like in roller skating, and you, the person who has this experience with Christ, shares it with somebody else, and pray, having prayed beforehand, then the divine light comes in and illuminates that situation and then they can see. That's how it works. Now, let me give you one very specific example. This is Acts chapter 8. This is a perfect example of that. I think you will see every one of those things in this chapter. Everything I just mentioned, Philip does. Here is a real life, concrete example of how to do this. Acts chapter 8. smaller bottle. We must be on a budget. Yeah. Oh, well. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. 
He'd come to Jerusalem to worship. Well, that's interesting. Doesn't know Jesus, but he came to church, sort of, so to speak. And he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Also interesting. The Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I? Unless someone else guides me. And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then, at that point, Philip opened his mouth. And, look at this, beginning with Scripture, he told him, the good news about Jesus. So, my family and I are very happy to be here in Midland. And one of the things that I like about Midland is this. I've got an audience who can handle this sort of thing. Okay? You guys like formulas, right? And for those of you who don't, don't worry, I promise, it's cool. We're going somewhere. Okay? So let me show you something really neat in this passage of Scripture. Here's a big... Well, let's not do the formula first. We'll do the other one first. Here's a big, big picture view of this. And what you see, you don't have to be able to read the words, but what you see is a bunch of, like, um, symbols. And what I've done is this. This is kind of my fun thing. Um, behind every English text is a Greek text. Now, in the olden days, you had to get a, you know, hard copy Bible and a hard copy Bible. But now that we have computers, you can layer these things so that one is directly behind the other. And what I can do is I can go into my Bible and I can tell it every time blah, 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 Greek word appears, I want to see this symbol. So, for example, you see the eyeball one there. That's idao. That's behold. Uh, sometimes that's translated. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just used as a structural marker and people, the, the authors will use it to like shift and draw your attention somewhere else, something like in a play where they, you know, drop the curtain or bring it up or whatever. It's just a marker. Well, here it's used as a verb and those eyes come up. Another one I did, you can see it looks like a little newspaper. It's at the top and then at the bottom. The first newspaper is by he told them and the last one is by he preached. Now, why did I get a newspaper by two different words? It's the same Greek word, exactly right. And what was interesting to me is this. Here's where I'm going with this. As I read that sentence, I know, having studied Greek, that the Greek word for share the gospel is eungelion, or evangelize. That's where we get that word evangelism. It, it's just a Greek word for, like, share the good news. Thus, my visual filter, that picture, is a paper which says good news. So anytime the good news appears, you get this picture. Well, what happens is good news can sometimes be a verb and sometimes it can be a noun. You share the good news or you good news the good news. 
So sometimes when an author is trying to double emphasize his point, he'll be like, good news, the good news. And you'll see that, but it won't always be translated. So what I did is I put this good news picture by it, and I'm reading this, and it says, beginning with Scripture, which you see is bold because I want you to notice that, he told him the good news. But the good news thing is by the he told him. But there's nothing by the good news. So I'm like, what happened here? This is really weird. I would expect, knowing from Greek that eungelion is good news, that there would be a little thing there. Because why is he told him? That means it's the verb. Why is the noun not having this symbol? I don't know. That's weird. Maybe I got my formula wrong. You know, more than likely that's the case. I messed something up. So put the formula up there. Here's, here's what the formula is. See, this is why you guys are so cool. <laughs> All right, so I put the formula in. I'm like, man, no, that's the right formula. I'm sure that's right. You know, I clicked on it. So I'm like, okay, now I guess I got to go back to the Greek. So I go back to the Greek text. You can pull that formula away now. And what I found is this. It's actually quite beautiful and quite profound. This is why it's a joy to study God's Word. What it says in the original language is, um, In other words, he evangelized him, Jesus. There's the mystery. Here it is revealed. What is the truth? The truth is a person. It is specific. It is incarnated. It is real. It is living and active. He didn't just share him some proposition which makes logical sense. He pointed him to a person. He evangelized him Jesus. That's the original language. And so beautiful because then you read the text in verse 34. The eunuch asked him, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? In verse 35 he says, He told him the good news of Jesus. There's no about in the original language. It's just that. He told him Jesus. 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 There it is. Bam. That's why I like you guys so much too. When I start talking about Christ, you get excited. And I see that. And that makes me excited. So thank you. He told him the good news about Jesus. What a beautiful example of this sharing your faith. You follow it all the way through and you see everything that the Apostle Paul outlined. You know, verse 28 says, you know, this eunuch had come to Jerusalem, he was returning, and he was reading Isaiah. So he started with Scripture. It starts with Scripture. Then the Spirit goes to Philip. So in other words, Philip is constantly walking in the Spirit. Oh, didn't we just talk about that not too long ago? Philip is walking with the Spirit. They're just like together and the Spirit's like, hey, Philip, come here, I've got I to show you something. Here's an opportunity. You've been praying for an open door. Let me show you one. Here's an open door. He's, and Philip's like, yes! And what does Philip do? Oh, hum, i got other stuff to do. Hold on, yard needs mowed Super Bowl tonight. No. Verse 30, what's he do? He ran. Here's an opportunity, man. 
Go for it. Philip charges ahead because he is excited now. The Spirit of God is leading him directly to where he should go. And Philip runs to an opportunity. And he hears him reading Isaiah and he's like, oh, we're on the right page. Same page. And he asks him a question, which, by the way, is a beautiful way to start a conversation. Ask a question rather than just come up and be like, let me lay it on you. This is what they mean when they say season with salt. He's very, very tactful. He doesn't stick his foot in his mouth or charge through the door, but he runs up eager to help. But but first he's going to say, hey, are you interested? Do you want to talk? It's like when you ride alongside someone in a plane, hopefully you're paying attention to the vibes that they're giving off, you know? Here's a hint. If they're staring out the window and going like this, they may not want to talk to you. Maybe. I'm just saying. I mean, you're special and all, but, I, you know? But if they're a little bit more friendly, outgoing, you might have an opportunity. You start with a question. That's how Philip goes. He starts with a question. He says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? The guy's like, well, how can I unless someone guides me? Roller skating. I'm tripping all over myself here. I have no idea what this is talking about. This guy, is it someone else? What is he saying? And he, verse verse 31, invited Philip to come alongside him. Clearly a person of peace. He's like, will you please help me? He invited him to come alongside him. Come alongside. Just like in roller skating, or just like in life. Guess what? The name here in the original language is parakaleo. The name for the Holy Spirit is the, the noun version, the paraclete, the one who is called alongside. In other words, the eunuch is seeing this happening and the Spirit who is indwelling Philip has now been called alongside of this eunuch. And the Spirit is doing its job and Philip is doing its job and they're coming together and the Spirit of God is doing exactly what His nature implies. He's coming alongside. And as we are gradually conformed to the image of God through the power of God, by the Spirit of God, guess what we do? Come alongside. So he's coming alongside. He invited Philip to come and sit with him. Then they went through this beautiful prophetic passage regarding the Christ. And the eunuch's like, um, who? Who? Is he talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip, then Philip opened his mouth. Open door, open your mouth. Close door, close your mouth. Then Philip opened his mouth. When he asked, Philip started with a question, do you know? He's like, no, I don't. Will you help? Okay, I'll help. That's a pretty good way to do it. Open door, open mouth. Closed door, closed mouth. Then Philip opened his mouth. And, starting with his own personal testimony. No. Beginning with Scripture, he told him the mystery, the good news. He told him, Jesus. 
Wow. That's it right there. That's how you share your faith. You walk in the Spirit. You persist in prayer. You pray for divine light. You begin with the Word. You hope that God will illuminate the mystery. And then, as you're walking in wisdom towards outsiders, then you seize the day. You carve out the time. And when the opportunity arises, you seize in that conversation with Saul. You ask the question, and if there is an open door, you walk through it. That is how you share your faith with unbelievers. Divine light and personal rapport open the door. You know, I give you that example this morning because, you know, that's perfect. <laughs> but I'm me and you're you, right? And we're not. We don't always get it right. And on occasion we do. I just want to encourage you this morning, you know, I don't know where you're at. I mean, you, you might have like be having a baby tomorrow morning or something. You might have something major going on in your life, you know? And you're not exactly thinking evangelism this afternoon you're more like okay do i have my travel bag ready because i got a big thing going tomorrow morning but here you are and the cool thing about this is the holy spirit is still in you and just like he is in philip he can bring you alongside the right person and he can bring the right person alongside of you in whatever situation you're in so don't get upset if you're like i'm not billy graham guess what you're not (laughs) neither am i none of you are called to be billy graham you're called to be you And so in whatever situation you're in, you walk alongside the people that God puts in your path. Just like Philip. And don't beat yourself up when the door is closed. Just pray that God will open it. And when it is, then you be ready and you do the best you can do. And if you're loving your brother and loving your God, they'll get that. And they'll fall in line. Divine light and personal rapport open the door. Don't get upset when you fall down. It's okay. Here's the other lesson I learned from roller skating. (laughs) Man, when you fall, it hurts, right? And then you can't walk for a while. But while you're looking around and thinking, oh man, I'm in a bad way, all of a sudden, people come and help. And when you're down and out, more people come alongside of you. And you experience things that you would never experience had that not happened. And I can look back on my life, even within the last few weeks, and talk about times I've fallen and people have come alongside and really helped us out. And then I start looking back even further and I think, man, there is no way I'd be standing in front of you today were not for all the people that have helped us along the way. People in Canada, people in seminary. People here, people there. All along the way, God, via His people who have their, His Holy Spirit living inside them, has brought them alongside of us at just the right time because they were praying and watching for opportunities. They may not have led us to faith, but they sure helped us along the way. There are so many opportunities for you if you're walking in the Spirit and praying for opportunities. And that can come in a lot of different ways. And I challenge you this morning to be encouraged, you know, 
Invest in that. Take what you have and go with it. No one's calling you to be Billy Graham. Yeah, we want you to share in your spot, in your way. You are a missionary. But God will bring those people along your path. And if you are sensitive to that, you will have opportunities to invest in lots of ways. If nothing's working for you, take them roller skating. You'll have a chance. (laughs) They might fall and get hurt, and then you can minister to them. Praise be to God who walks alongside us. I want to encourage you that if you're believing in Him, He's walking in you. He is with you. The Spirit does His job. He is called alongside. He is calling you alongside. And He's bringing others to you, just like He did in the case of Philip. Today, as we come to a close in this sermon, the, the title, you know, is the topic, Share the Gospel with Unbelievers. I just want to encourage you, because sometimes we get to this point where we think, oh man, I didn't lead someone to faith last week. You know, what happened? Blah, blah. Maybe, maybe you missed it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But from this point forward, go forth knowing that the Spirit is with you, that God is in you. He is called alongside you and calling other people alongside of you as well. And if you will simply pray for those opportunities, wait for divine light, start with Scripture, and then season your conversation with salt, God will do His work. And you'll be a success. And you can be happy in that. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being a great church. Let's keep going and move forward and share the gospel and share our faith with everyone we can. Father, we thank you for your incredible message, for your truth and for our faith, for that light that you have imparted into our lives. Please help us now, Lord, as we go forward this week, each of us in our own path, in our own way, with different opportunities each day. Help us to walk in your spirit, by your grace, by your strength, according to your word, by your might, for your glory, forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.